welcome to season one, episode one. Brought to you by My Entertainment World. Last year alone, over 500 scripted television shows aired across networks and streaming. How are you supposed to know what's worth your time without wasting hours of your life? We help you answer the question of our time. What should I be watching? Each episode, we review the pilot of three new TV shows. Life is too short to watch bad TV, so let us do it for you. And today we have Self Made, Making the Cut, and Little Fires Everywhere. So personally, I've been re-watching a really, really silly show that um, is very dude bro comedy. It's called Future Man on Hulu. I have gotten my family really into it to the point that for, I think, three nights in a row, we watched it until like 1 a.m. But if you're looking I feel like I've heard of that. It's if if you're into so it's made by Seth Rogen and that crew. Oh, that's why. So if you're yeah, if you're into that style of humor and sci-fi, then it's a fantastic show. Like the warning it is it is raunchy and it is that like Seth Rogen on a streaming service. So they're gonna be a little like little more raunchier than they could be on any network. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Wow, yeah, I've never heard of that. that sounds interesting. Yeah. Joe and I have been watching um We've started on a marathon of the Bond movies. Ooh. Oh, wow. So we're starting with the Pierce Brosnan series of Bonds, which are on Netflix. So we're making our way through those. And then next is Daniel Craig? Um, Daniel Craig would be next sequentially, but I think we're going to go back rather than forward. I really like, I like the campy action of it. I, don't, I think Daniel Craig maybe got a little too serious. I don't know. I've only seen Skyfall, and I don't think I was a fan of that one. I'm very picky about action movies. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a James Bond movie since, I don't even know, Beyonce was in one of them, right? You might be thinking Austin Austin Powers. Powers. (laughs) Just kidding. I've never seen that either, so I don't know what I was thinking of. (laughs) It was making fun of James Bond. Yeah, it was. Gotcha. Okay. Right. (laughs) That's how much I know about that series. (laughs) I think you'd like it, Amy. It's like, Spy, but it's also kind of silly. Um, Yeah, they're fun. Some good mindless fun during this time. (laughs) Yes, much needed. I've been mostly watching more Barry, and we just hit. And I'm curious if other people think this, but one of my favorite episodes of television in a very long time in season two, um, featuring the ninja assassin, like ten year old. Oh yeah, you texted me about her. That is a really good episode. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's one of those uh, where there's like not a ton of plot happening, nope. but it's still really great. It's very much like a one-off, like absurd episode. And mm-hmm. sometimes those either, I love those or hate those. There's really no in-between, but this one worked very well. Yeah. So anything else you guys have been watching? I've been catching The Tonight Show at home, which it's it's cute, but also the sound quality is, is getting to me. Oh, no. Um, since it's like oh i get it i thought you meant that you were watching the tonight show at home like in your home but i realized <laughs> like where else would you be watching tonight show from his home gotcha. yes yeah they've they've even like renamed it tonight show at home uh, oh speaking uh, of uh at home shows john krasinski's some good news is yes. a great one to watch yeah he's so he did a, uh i heard that he did a hamilton reunion yes. with a little girl yes mm-hmm. you must watch it <laughs> can't believe you haven't watched it yet Allie I watched the first episode um, with Steve Carell but mm-hmm. 
Also, I don't really love the like new as much as I love some good news. I don't love the newscastery voice that he's putting on because it doesn't sound like it's John Kaczynski anymore. I still think but, it sounds like him. I don't know. I it makes it it makes him feel like a real person, which I like and and dislike all. I don't know. You just want him to be Jim <laughs> forever. <Overpiteous>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm also okay with Quiet Place character. I forget his name. Um, I just I don't, don't know that want he had a name. So either normal voice or no voice. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Yep. <laughs> you can either talk like Jim or not talk at all. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Um, cool. With that, well, Allie, you want to take us into Self Made? So, Self Made uh, is, is a mini series on Netflix uh, based on the life. Uh, actually, the full title of it is Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. It is a fictionalized depiction of. Uh, the life of Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first self-made African-American woman in the U.S. Uh, and she made her fortune off of hair care products. And it has a bunch of famous people in it. Um, Tiffany Haddish plays uh, Madam C.J. Walker's daughter. Octavia Spencer plays Madam C.J. Walker herself. Blair Underwood is um, the main character's husband. Um, yeah, just littered with a bunch of famous people. What did y'all think? Uh, I thought that well, okay, first of all, I'll say that I'm usually a bit of a sucker for stories like these, especially around like women, boss power types who um, grind it out until they become millionaires. That's just like, I can't get enough of that. It's just motivating and inspiring. Um, so with that, I enjoyed it because it just hit that note. But at the same time, it felt a little bit um, cookie cutter to me and like there was nothing super spectacular about it, even though the story makes you feel good. Um, and a couple of the characters felt a little too cartoonish for me, especially um, the rival hair care product maker, Addie. Every scene she was in, she just felt like oh, a cartoon villain to me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Amy, I have to agree with you. I was, I don't know. I, I'm usually a sucker for historical fiction, but this just like, I don't know if I wanted more from it. Like, I think I was maybe expecting more of a documentary and what I mm. got out of it was it, it felt very fictionalized. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't know. And it like, especially they had like those weird modern, like fighting ring scenes, which I didn't really get. Like I, I understood yes. that like there were some, they were into like boxing during that time. That was like the sport they were following, but yeah. it just, I don't know. It just felt out of place. And agreed. Agreed. I also I never saw did they advertise not advertise. Did they put on it what year we were in when this started? I never saw it, a year flash across the screen. If they did, it was only briefly. Yeah. Um, I looked it up later, but it, it made it especially confusing. So I was like, everyone's mm-hmm. wearing old timey period pieces and yet the music they're playing is modern and <laughs> They're like flashing to these modern scenes in a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. I kind of did like the boxing ring only because I'm interested to see what they do with it in future episodes. If they're going to take that, take that metaphor of boxing forward or choose a different metaphor each episode, which I think that would be interesting of like, if, if each episode is from the titles of it, it looks like each episode is kind of based off of, okay, this is the fight of her life. And then there's a different aspect of her business that she has to address um, that might be better suited for a different metaphor. If it is the boxing metaphor just pulled throughout, 
I kind of agree that it's it's gonna get old. I, also, I liked it. Yeah. Also, this was only forty five minutes long, and I paused mm-hmm. halfway through, thinking I'd been watching for an hour. It did. It felt really <laughs> long. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh, how long is this thing?" I don't know why <laughs> mm-hmm. it felt that long. It was short compared to other it, things. It felt like a like a movie. Yeah, it really did. It really felt like a movie, especially because I'm like, where I don't know how many episodes are in this, but I don't know four, right? Where this oh yeah, only four. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. That makes me feel a little bit better because I I don't know. I feel like they could wrap this up in another hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. It might have might have been better suited to be a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, Allie, I also don't know if you saw, but I I was reading um, the Wikipedia page, and I guess people are a little upset with this um, rendition of because it's based on the book that was written by yes. her great great granddaughter, mm-hmm. um, and they were a little upset about the inaccuracies in this oh. portrayal. What that, inaccuracies did they mention? I think, well, this is, will be a little bit of a spoiler because we haven't seen huh. it yet, but her daughter uh, in the show ends up being a lesbian and that's not accurate to real life. And really? I think they were also upset with the portrayal of Addie being such a a villain when mm-hmm. I think they were upset with a woman being portrayed as as a villain when it was really, she was just more like, a rival competitor especially mm-hmm. when they're also hinting that she's battered um that her right. husband yeah probably beating mm-hmm. her and trying to escape and then they're also making her out to be a villain i think people had problems with that i did see pot- some potential in the in the addy conversation like the addy conversations in that it opened the door into race relations even within that community yeah that Addie viewed herself, whether it's accurate or not, Addie viewed herself as of a higher class because she was lighter skinned. Yeah. Right. Right. And kind of, and having, um, and having CJ Walker kind of bounce back with that. And, and, I really, and admit to herself that it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. I hope that it was like, if that wasn't true, I'd be very upset if I was Addie's pin. (laughs) Yeah. Because in reality, like both of, yeah, she, of course, the way she treated her was terrible, um, which led to her starting her own company. Otherwise, they probably would have partnered. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it is just business. Like she is just trying everything that she does within the within her company is completely like smart business things to do. Like, oh, I'll give you a reduced rate to come to my store, and then Octavia Spencer's like angry about it and it's like i don't know i don't know it's just a business move well and and if anything she has a right to be really angry because like she took her basically remade her product yeah yeah, so i don't know i'd be mad yeah yeah (laughs) um so will you guys keep will you guys keep watching i will i think there's only three more episodes so why not Mm-hmm. You know, I actually might because I am curious to see how the, the story plays out. And I think it's fascinating that she, you know, became a self-made millionaire. Come, I think I, yeah. I saved myself some time and I just read the Wikipedia page. I, I might end up doing that too, honestly. <laughs> I'll fill you guys in on a later episode. Yeah. <laughs> I also think uh, Octavia Spencer could have, I think she was a little underused. I think they should have given her, they could have given her like a, I don't know, a little more like gravitas or something to work mm. with, like mm. her character. Interesting. I feel like she had so much gravitas. <laughs> yeah. 
Like she was just so dramatic. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just wanted more for her. Yes, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Does that wrap us up on self-made? So. Yeah, I have nothing more. Okay. Uh, yeah. Moving into Making the Cut. So Making the Cut aired on Amazon Prime starting on March 27th. So far, there's four episodes out. They seem to be dropping two episodes a week. Um, so if anyone has ever watched Project Runway, we have Heidi and Tim back together again, um, this time without sewing, and less around like creating garments and more around creating a business and running a brand. So there's 12 contestants, and it basically follows the lines of an episode of Project Runway. You have the contestants come in, they're given a challenge, they seem to be doing two uh outfits each time one of them is a runway look one of them is a more accessible look and whoever wins gets their accessible look put on amazon for purchase and this is for the running of a hundred million or not a hundred million for one million dollars which heidi was just so excited about i don't think i've ever <laughs> seen her have so much enthusiasm a lot of money one million <laughs> And um, let's see what else here. Episodes episodes are long. They're fifty nine to sixty nine minutes long. I'm gonna be honest. That's the reason I stopped watching regular Project Runway is because they started being two hours long on regular TV with commercials. And I was oh like, goodness. I don't have time for this. That's way too mm -hmm. long. It's Bachelor. I will I say that like they they've done a really good job of taking away the things that made started to make Project Runway feel boring. Yes. There is almost no sit-down interviews. Um, there's only OTFs, like, pulling people in the moment. Um, there's almost no voiceover. They're, it's, they're trying their best, like, the camera shots, too. They are trying their best to make you feel like you are in the room flying by the seat of your pants while all of this chaos is happening. Yeah, and they're um, leaning on all the good things about Project Runway, like mm -hmm. uh, the Tim Tim Gunn, especially, right? He's just such a wonderful person. He's so just yes. delightful. He's just a delightful. Genuine, like, like, I just want to hug you. And he's just like always crying because you yes. you know that they probably spent months and months going through an auditioning process with these twelve contestants and are probably yeah. very close to them. And just knowing how mm -hmm. he's like such a teacher at heart, I'm sure he feels very connected to all of them. Yeah. yeah, feels so genuine when he does cry. That it's not. Oh, yeah. he's not putting anything on, and it's, it's totally I just love him. Mm -hmm. um, and we should mention that the judges for this season are Naomi Campbell, Nicole Richie, Chiara Ferragani, uh, oh, Kareen Reitfield, Reitfield, Kareen Reitfield, and right. Altuzara. Is that right? There was somebody that you mentioned that I didn't know who it was. Were they a judge in the first episode? Uh, the one before Chiara Faragani. Yeah, was she there? She was the there. She's the um, like younger influencer one that's not Nicole Richie. Okay, I, I did not realize it was Nicole Richie until after, which was like it's so funny how much that girl looks like Nicole Richie, but isn't. <laughs> and then I was reading Wikipedia, I was like, that was her. She looks so <laughs> mature and like put together. Yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what judges were going to be there until they were announcing them in the show, and I was shocked that Naomi Campbell was a judge. Yeah, yeah. I thought like that Heidi thing. was going to say me. Yeah, 
<laughs> and me, top supermodel. <laughs> it was interesting. Like I've never seen um, Project Runway before, so I was coming into this pretty with like pretty much no expectations except for maybe like, oh, this is like the fashion version of America's Next Top Model. Um, but I actually really thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it definitely was too long. I think that they could have mm-hmm. like cut some stuff. Maybe like yeah. they don't need quite as many designers as they have. Well, um, I think I think that's always the hard part about a first episode of a show like this, right? Mm-hmm. You have all the contestants still there. It hasn't been whittled down yet. Yeah, and it's just like you're trying to get through so much. It's like the beginning. We have to lay the premise of the show. We have to say what the prizes are. We have to introduce you to everybody. We have to get the challenge done. We have to make a big splash because it's the first episode. And there's yeah. just so much happening. It doesn't give you time to connect to the contestants. It's very true. With but those I introductions. I did a good job with it because I actually, mm-hmm. there were a couple of contestants I really liked. And I was like, oh, I want to now root, like watch you and root for you and see what happens here. I will say though, like I... Like 20 minutes in, there seemed to be a shift because I made a note uh, that I was like, for this being a show about businesses, we're getting intros about the people. And I'm not sure I want to know about the people, but I want to know about the people (laughs) in the context of their brand. (laughs) But they are the brand, Allie. The people are the brand. But tell me about both then. And 20 minutes in, they did exactly that and shifted into what are these people's brands? And I wish they would have done that from the very beginning. Like, tell me that this woman is a mother from wherever, Oklahoma or whatever. And then tell me she has this like flouncy uh, brand. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I just think it's a really, it's a fun show to watch, especially right now. If you like just need something happy to watch, because it's, it's honestly, it's just fun to watch people with such big dreams and to watch them like coming true. Right. And they work so hard and they're like, there's so much passion in it. And I really like that all of these people, it is not like I, I make dresses for myself. These are all established brands. Yeah. So it's not Uh anybody who doesn't know how to do things. The biggest problem that some of these people have is that they're not great communicators. Yeah. And they can't communicate to their seamstresses or to pattern makers or whatever, which I definitely had to Google what is a pattern making company when he was like i think that woman only uses pattern making companies i was like what is that well yeah so that's so yeah that's uh what i meant earlier by it was like project runway runway with no sewing because the designers Mm -hmm. have to come up with they're coming up with their garments but they have to lay out the patterns and but they don't have to take all the time sewing that a traditional project runway episode would take where they're just like the time problem is that they can't sew Whereas this one, the time is like, go out, get inspired, go use the city as your inspiration, and then come back, draw out your patterns, and then you leave them for seamstresses to work on overnight. And then your garment should look correctly the next day if you communicated well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I Yeah, you know, no one wants to just sit there and watch people stitch things together. and That's boring. Which that's Project Runway. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's yeah. yeah, Project Runway has, so it's, it has more, um, like you're designing one piece, typically a show. So gotcha. you're designing that piece, you're having to sew that piece. So you're also being judged on how well you can sew, which isn't necessarily what's going to bring you forth in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. as a designer. Well, you're going to pay other people to do that. Yeah. 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 There are a few people that like as beautiful as Esther's clothes and her existing brand is a lot of when she was stalking, I just felt so bad for her employees because it has got to be horrific to work for her. 
Really? You got that like impression? She, because she didn't communicate well mm. to her seamstress and her seamstress came out with something different. I'm like, oh, that's because you can't micromanage your seamstress because at your company, you can go every five minutes and be like, no, change this, no, change this, right, no, right. change this. Yeah. Mm. I think it's, I that's think she's one true. of those people that has like such strong vision and just can't figure out how to get it all out of her head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, those people are stressful to work for. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. I feel bad for them. <laughs> Make my clothes. And, and probably also has like <laughs> extraordinarily high expectations. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would, I actually think like I might keep watching this. It's long, mm-hmm. but it's something that you can put on and do other stuff while you're watching. Like it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. you don't have That's to give it your full attention. Say. That's the best part. You can kind of just, it's almost like a podcast where I can just kind of listen and glance over, kind of see what they're working on and then go back to my like work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely did see like when, when it's, when it runs 70 minutes or whatever, there were a few moments that I thought were going to be gold and that could easily be cut out. Like the Heidi and Tim little like mini movie. That was just (laughs) so horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Horrible and scripted. I didn't like it. I agree. I felt very scripted. Mm -hmm. There's definitely ways they could chop it down to make it under an hour. It would be ideal at like 45 minutes. I would, Mm -hmm. I would binge through it at 45 minutes. Yeah. One thing that I'd really love that I it's the little things that make this show unique and one of those things is that they can get rid of as many people as they want yeah, oh, yeah that is. I think that's interesting too yeah mm-hmm. which I think is why there's so many people there that gives them a little bit of freedom of how many episodes they can make it yeah although I think for Project Runway they start sometimes with like 20 designers so 12 is relatively small oh wow wait there's only 12 yeah there's only mm-hmm. 12 it felt like there were 20. It, 12 felt like so much to me. Yeah. yeah. But it was also, uh, also so much. Say that again. I did not hear you. Oh, it was also because they're just trying to do so much. Right. It's true. Yeah. Also, I have to say that Amazon really smart business here by yes. selling the clothes that the winner makes on Amazon, like mm-hmm. basically immediately. That's so and, clever. And picking up the show at all and seeing that collaboration available. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very smart. Although I had to like laugh at any fashion designer being ecstatic that their line is being sold on Amazon of all places. Like, <laughs> eh. hey, it's money is money. It, yeah, exposure is exposure. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. not their dream. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, Amy, what's up with little fires everywhere? <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> everywhere streams on is streaming currently on Hulu. Um, it started on March 18th, but they're actually releasing episodes weekly um so there's going to be eight total um so the series is based off the 2017 novel that was written by celeste ng um i don't know if you guys have ever read anything by her but um, i read this one and then everything i never told you which was incredible this one i kind of liked but it wasn't my favorite um but i was excited to see how the show um sort of translated it and Celeste Ng was actually a uh, executive producer on this, as well as um, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, who also star as in the lead roles. Um, and it's one of the many shows that Reese Witherspoon um, has adapted um, from her favorite novels through her production company, Hello Sunshine. So the series sort of follows these two different families whose lives um, become increasingly intertwined. One of them is um, the very wealthy sort of Stepford Wives type family. 
and then the other a, a black single mother and her daughter who are sort of she's an artist and kind of struggling to make ends meet and always is kind of moving city to city and, and there's just very little stability in their life um, and the show kind of explores the different relationships that the mothers have with their daughters their different the racial and class divide um, and more so it's it's tries to cover and unpack quite a lot <laughs> um, which I think the book kind of did a little bit better than this honestly um, but what did you guys think I'm definitely intrigued I I definitely want to keep watching I had heard that the book was really good um, I almost want to stop watching at this point and read the book to kind of catch up and then watch it yeah, yeah. I felt the same way because I I also I, I really enjoyed it but it really it does it it felt like it was based off a book didn't it like mm. it felt very developed already like the um like i i would kind of compare it to like a new show right when they write the pilot they might not necessarily know entirely where the whole show is going but this show just felt like it it knows where it's going mm. it felt very like complete and i almost think mm -hmm. i would enjoy it more if i had read the book and was able to like compare as I watched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, especially because this is a one-off like series. So I think any one-off series probably has a beginning and end that they know is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the the pilot just felt very. It lacked subtlety. <laughs> I would say, like every issue they were trying to explore felt very like way too present. It was. Mm -hmm. Very obvious. Yeah, yeah, everything just felt mm -hmm. very, very obvious. Um, and I mean, I thought like Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington were both amazing. And is it and whatnot, is it just but... that we've heard a lot of like heard slash seen a lot of these issues portrayed lately that we're just very familiar with? I don't want to call it like the trope, but you know, like very familiar with what what they're trying to tell us, and it's kind of like okay, we get it, we get it. Maybe I think part of it. I accepted. I accepted the kind of being smacked over the head with the issues because of the time period mm -hmm, that it's yes. set in 97. So mm -hmm. it was not while all of this stuff is happening. I did enjoy those 90s vibes. Yes, yes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping that as episodes go on, that it gets a little bit, maybe it was just, you know, trying to do so much in the premiere, kind of the same way that um, making the cut was doing where it had a lot to introduce. Mm -hmm. um, and they were kind of setting the stage in, in the book. There's a very, there's another big like plot point that, that comes in that I think once it enters into the TV show will kind of help um, like reduce some of the like maybe over drama, yeah. melodramatic at times that I think that that will be helpful to reduce. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe hope that's that another. Yeah, maybe just that having too much is also another like side effect of it being based off a book because it does have like all that to live up to mm -hmm. and all. And if you know if you leave stuff out, then people who love the book are upset about it. And I think this is a book that has like a pretty big positive following, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you guys also think that uh, Reese's character was a little too close to her Big Little Lies character? Oh no! I thought more. It's grown up, Tracy Flip. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's like this, um, like very everything's orderly and scheduled. Even like her sex life with her husband, mm -hmm. um, who is played mm -hmm. by Joshua Jackson, who I will always have a crush on as um, 
Charlie from the Mighty Ducks. You guys. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Dawson's Creek. <laughs> no, Mighty Ducks all the way. <laughs> but yeah, but which is uh, kind of fun to see her play, but she does play a lot of uptight people, doesn't she? Yeah, she really does. <laughs> really well, though. Yeah. That's why I think I like the morning show so much is because she was the exact so different. Of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so will you guys keep watching? I, I think that I'll keep keep watching. Um they are long episodes as well. They're about an hour long. So, you know, I just have to see if you can squeeze that in there with all the activity going on in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, same. I'll probably I like I said, I I'm gonna try to read the book first before watching any more episodes, but I'll I'll get to watch them the, yeah. the rest of the episodes. I feel the same way. Like I'll probably eventually read the book and then i will eventually after probably immediately after i read the book i will go back to watch this who knows how many mm-hmm. years from now that will be but <laughs> <laughs> and then you should go back and read her first book or i guess her book pre- prior to this see i'm now one. i'm now more intrigued to read that book instead so yeah it's i <laughs> loved it so much and it's really short i think it's like 200 something pages so oh, yeah. it's an easy read yeah has that book been optioned i don't think so um yeah, I don't think so. Surprisingly. This this current one definitely has a lot more like characters and plot. The first one is based like primarily on a family. So there's only like five people and it's very uh it's like a very poetic book, I would say, and very depressing. <laughs> all right. Is that all for little fires everywhere? I think so. Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, um thank you guys for listening. And we hope that you give us some shows to recommend for us to do for the podcast. Just send us a message, uh, S1E1 podcast on Instagram and give us a follow. And you could also uh, email us at S1E1 podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And thanks to uh, Tristan Panesca for making our lovely intro music um, that you've probably heard throughout this podcast. And um, you can find his music at uh, Metamither. So that's M-E-T-A-N-Y-T-H-E-R. Be sure to rate and review in iTunes. Visit myentertainmentworld.ca to follow all of our coverage and follow the site on Instagram and Twitter at myentworld. At M-Y-E-N-T-W-O-R-L-D. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.